Greetings, I am Erin Patton, metaphysical master in the millennial age, and it is my life's purpose to guide you and organizations along an enlightened path. So I invite you to sit comfortably and tune in as I welcome you to the Meta Business Millennial, where we get the real conversations you won't get in the boardroom so that we understand this is exactly the path we need to be on in order to grow, evolve, and thrive. Greetings, I am Erin Patton, and welcome to the MetaBusiness Millennial Podcast. I'm also known as Master L. I'm just checking the mic, making sure it's working, because I just did this cast, and it wasn't working before, so I'm, I'm back live, and I'm going to just do it over, because sometimes it's just how, I'm, how it rolls. And today, I'm just really honored to celebrate this Meta Monday and, you know, be here um, to recap my trip to Washington, D.C. last year, last week. So I went to Washington, D.C. last week for um, the uh, convening of the descendants of civil rights leaders and civil rights activists. And when I'm talking big time leadership, I'm talking like Malcolm X daughter, Booker T. Washington, Frederick Douglass descendants, Harriet Tubman's niece, Rosa Parks, Thomas Jefferson, Sally Hemings, Ida B. Wells, Reverend Jesse Jackson, Emmett Till, like their family members were there representing, representing the culture. And it was a beautiful, beautiful celebration, if you will, of the lives and legacies of these leaders who in many ways were persecuted, were some were assassinated, some were really um, martyrs for what our biggest and and deepest dreams for America were, were the freedom, the freedom of speech, the freedom of life, and the freedom of being. And they all encapsulated and embodied those ideals to the fullest. So to be able to, you know, see their family members, touch and feel and talk to them and hear their, their very intimate and personal stories, it was truly a gift from God. And I am forever grateful for the opportunity to be able to hold space for them. I actually am part of an organization called Human Gathering. And um, the Human Gathering, um, their initiative was to really organize and orchestrate this, this amazing event for these descendants. So big shout out to the Human Gathering, huge shout out to Marisa, to Josh, for really leading such an amazing, amazing event. And so I want to start with um, with the uh, the White House visit because for me that was really sort of just like the um, the the bread and butter, if you will, of 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 the of the whole uh, event, and um, and so the White House really was um, was special because we we got to to go in into the White House. I made it in because <laughs> I was really nervous to start because I had to be reminded that these institutions, these very beautiful, um, you know, prestigious and, and sometimes intimidating institutions are for us, like we, the people. And, you know, my friend James, who also has been working with us on this event, is was really reminded me of that. Like we have to be 
uh, in remembrance that our country was founded on the very principles that we the people. And so we have access to these houses, to these you know, monuments, just as any leader would. Yet I feel like there's this sort of um, elite aspect of it or distance from it that we really don't feel connected to it, yet it's there for us. And, and I was in there. I was in there. And so um, we got to go into the White House and, you know, they had an all black press. It was a beautiful room and set up for for uh, the celebration and the honoring. Um, they had a beautiful choir that opened up and closed to really kind of set the tone with the uh, with the gospel Negro spirituals. And they had the beautiful presentation of all the um, of all the the leaders and, and activists that we were, um, you know, in remembrance of on that day. And um, this was last week, February 13th. So the event was on the 13th and 14th, which was uh, 14th was Frederick Douglass' chosen birthday. And also around the time of sort of like celebrating Abraham Lincoln and Valentine's Day, of course, a day of love and, and friendship and, and honoring of, of, of the, the beauty in that. So all of the energy just really felt right in this room. And Kamala Harris came in, she came in so beautifully, so poised and in, in, in inspired really by the, the legacies of the people in the room, particularly she, she brought up Ida B. Wells and the anti-lynching bill that Ida B. Wells, you know, um, was really, um, spent her career writing books about and and going on talks and tours around how to eliminate such an atro atrocious way of, of of dealing with with human beings in that day and time let's just put it plainly these are human beings whether they're black bodies or not like these are human bodies and and so um you know she was really um in many ways, sort of like the hallmark of the event, because we wanted to see representation from the administration there. We wanted to see representation from, you know, the Democratic Party, who so many Black people are in support of and in alignment to. So it would have been nice, you know, just to put it out there if the president showed up, if Biden was there, at least to take pictures with the descendants and, you know, show the, the alignment of, you know, of, of a group of people, a community that's such, uh, you know, got him in office, um, but that didn't happen, you know, to be clear, and, and nor did a, did a photo happen with Kamala. So, you know, if there is any, you know, opportunity for improvement for, for the future for, for administrations going forward, it's really to take this opportunity to sit with the people, to acknowledge them and to honor them. And, um, and I know the logistics around that can be crazy. So, you know, I, I mean, I can only, you know, give my, my feedback to, to, you know, so far because I don't know how that can be set up yet. That definitely was a missed opportunity in my view. And there were, of course, um, representatives from other parts of cabinet there. They had Congressional Black Caucus there. Some con Congress people were able to speak to some of the administration's contributions to the Black community um, currently and in, you know, over time. And so it was nice to kind of get those updates on how the Black community is faring, uh, you know, under the current administration. And, um, and, I, and I'm talking about the Black community, yet I also want to acknowledge and caveat that the, the work of, of Black history, historic, historical figures, wasn't just for Black people. And I, I know that we 
talk about it, but I don't know how often it's really acknowledged that the torch that they carried, um, and this was also a, a metaphor that, um, that Kamala used, um, was to light the way for all people. You know, when, you know, when Martin Luther King gave his fierce urgency of now speech, also known as the I have a dream speech, um, it really was calling for all people to be together, for all of everyone to be loved and, and love on people. And to not have the opportunity to, um, uh, to have the opportunity to acknowledge that and to have the opportunity to really speak to um, the amazing accomplishments of these people, um, it really was, you know, incredible. And, um, and so, you know, af after we kind of went through that, they, there was a beautiful photo op where all the descendants were able to come together and really, um, you know, in, in love and support of each other. And um, yeah, and it was really great to just see them, you know, to see them this once in, a, in history opportunity because there had been times where these families had tried to get together in the past. I believe they've been trying to do it for some decades now. And this marked the moment. And I believe and I feel kind of the sense that I get that this moment had to happen um, for us to have that reconciliation. And I'm gonna speak more to this reconciliation piece because that fundamentally is what this event represented to me. Um, it was a moment of reconciliation for all of the collective, not just for black people and, and white people relations, um, not just for you know the, the issues of of these families, um, this was a reconciliation for humanity. And Washington DC is a very powerful center. Um, the monuments are structured and placed that way for a reason. Um, there's a massive obelisk, which is a, you know, collects a vortex of energy, you know, right there in, in right near the White House, the Lincoln Memorial, the temple, and, um, and we know DC as the epicenter, particularly in the West, of power and influence. Of course, that's politics. And so to think that, you know, we were all there in with this massive amount of like positive celebratory energy around these story figures, you know, one of them, Frederick Douglass, spent ample time in the White House actually drafting the Emancipation Proclamation I learned with Abraham Lincoln. And these are these are the walls that contain history. History and also can the walls that can write the future as well. So here we are kind of like in this, you know, this vortex, if you will, of the past, the present, moving into the future. And, and this is what I was feeling. And so, um, so as we're, you know, visiting the U.S. Capitol, like even in the U.S. Capitol, um, we got a chance to see um, the, a very beautiful painting of the first president, George Washington, handing over power back to the people after his administration ended. So he knew that everyone felt and knew that he wasn't going to just be a ruling king, you know, as were, if you will, um, the nature and nation states were in that day and time. You know, America was established under these principles, if you will, of being for the people, even though it didn't fundamentally reflect that obviously because of like the slave past, um, the indentured servitude that was happening here, a lot of the oppression that was happening across all races and all classes of the Aboriginal people that were here. There was a lot of, if you 
call it so, hypocrisy in the creation of the nation state. And that is only, in my view, and um, in a reflection of consciousness at the time. You know, people can only do what they can with the level of consciousness that they at. And we understand that the words were there, we the people, we have freedoms, we have rights, but the actions were not. And this is why I say that a lot of the people who we were celebrating were, were carrying the torch for all people because they were strong enough, poised enough, educated enough, intelligent enough, aligned enough, spiritually sound enough to stand up in opposition. And how it looked was for black people, but how it turned out was for all people. Because now as we see and experience, the country that we live in is so much more open and accepting of all people because of the sacrifices of these people, these black people. And in honor of Black History Month, you know, I, I, I usually don't get into race conversations. I usually don't talk about these things, but the fact that I had this unique opportunity to go to Washington and this unique opportunity to, to really convene and, and converse and interact and learn from all of these amazing people, it, it serves the collective. <laughs> it serves me well and the collective well to talk about it, to talk about the race, to talk about Blackness and, and celebrate it as something that all people benefit from. And um, and so these particularly weren't conversations that were happening then, but these are of course my reflections and my thoughts after. So it's absolutely, you know, these are my thoughts, you know, and, and nobody else's um, as it always is here on this podcast. And, and so as we are thinking about sort of the reconciliation piece of it, I really want to start channeling here and speak to how this, how this matters for the collective. Because, you know, as we were going through all of this, a lot of emotions were coming up. For example, we got a private tour of the Smithsonian National Museum of African-American History. And the four floors in the bottom of the museum are dedicated to the slave history past of U.S., the civil rights past of U.S. And also in that civil rights um, um, exhibition is a memorial for Emmett Till, including his casket. And his cousin was there, Emmett Till's cousin, who went down from Chicago to Mississippi with him and was with him when he was kidnapped, was present with all of us. And so this was an amazing, unique opportunity for all of us to start to process what happened. Like there were literally pictures on the wall, like. Of, of Emmett Till's mom like sobbing at the service and you can hear like the music kind of the gospel choir. They really recreated this memorial, if you will, um, for Emmett Till. And you saw the, the crowds of people that were lining up to see his body, to see his deformed and mutilated body. And this was, this is real, you know, this is, this really happened and there are real emotions tied to it and that real need real processing. Because whether you're of a Black cultural background, my friend was there. She's of an Italian cultural heritage. She was deeply affected. So how trauma works, 
um, and this is sort of a metaphysical teach talk here, how trauma works is it's a, it's a frequency. It's an energy, it's a vibration. And so just because this happened in the black community, just because this happened to black people, doesn't make it just exclusive, the, the trauma exclusive to black people. The trauma permeates to all people everywhere. And this is why the reconciliation piece is so important because we have to first acknowledge what's happening here, the generational trauma, the generational trauma that's carried in the blood of our ancestors that is passed through to us and that we feel deeply and may not know. Yet we feel the emotions when we see the images, we feel the emotions when we hear the story because the past has yet to been healed. So essentially the work that we're doing now, what this event catalyzes for us is the healing. This is what we're being called to do. This is why I'm here. <laughs> the meta business millennial, this is why I'm here, is to awaken us to the necessity for healing because this is happening across the world as we see it and know it today. It's happening in Israel, it's happening in Gaza, it's happening in Palestine. The division, the segregation, the racism, the torture, the trauma, the violence on all sides. And I know it to be true to have this effect because while I was there visiting the White House, there was a protest right in front of the White House that I captured on video for those very people in that part of the world. A, a protest or a demonstration or um, a peace rally, um, more like a peace rally, where there's just solidarity with struggle. A solidarity with the knowing of a struggle. And the fact that we know it means that there's something that we can do about it. And when we don't do something about it, it pains us all. We all suffer. Not just a black person, not just a white person, not just this person or that person, we all suffer. So it's incumbent upon us to acknowledge this pain and this trauma that's happening around us in the world today, the violence, and do something to heal that. And I talk about this every week on the podcast about how it starts with the individual, it starts with me. It starts with you and this acknowledgement of the pain. What are the discriminatory practices that I hold? What are the prejudices that I see and embody? What, where are the hates, mo hateful moments in my being, the hateful thoughts in my being? Or am I asking myself these questions all day, every day? Likely no. Because a lot of us have been taught to see this outside of ourselves. We have been taught to see the discriminatory practices externally when everything originates from within. All that we experience starts with mind, our own mind, our own perceptions. And then that's then reflected back to us. That's actually how this reality, this realm works. And so the more that we start to understand how our reality works, our, our this realm that we're, we live and we breathe and we exist in works, the more we can bring it into control. Because the more we can control ourselves, 
control our own thoughts, control our own emotions, then that then is reflected around us. And this is why I speak to this, this experience in Washington, this experience in DC as that of a reconciliation, because we first had to acknowledge the past. We had to see it and know it, it as a truth for many of us, if not all of us. And when we have that ability to acknowledge the truth in what happened in our past, then we can start to move towards ways in which we can reconcile those pains, reconcile that the, 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 the energies of, of uncomfortability and, and move forward in an action of healing and an action of doing more and better and higher things for higher goods. That's how the work and the world works, particularly in this day and time. And what we've all been called to do. Like if you're watching this, if you're tuning into this, then this is the work that we're all being called to do. And as we're, you know, doing this work and really moving and breathing in this work, then um, then we know that, you know, it's really having a broad impact around us. A broad impact around us. And first, I want to go ahead and kind of re-acknowledge, you know, where we, where we go in this work. And that's first with the noticing, the noticing of, of the emotions, the noticing of the trauma, the noticing of the triggers, the naming of it, the naming it for what it is. You know, am I feeling hated on? Am I hating on somebody else? And then what do I do to fix that? How do I fix that? And so that can look like so many ways, but first it starts with sitting with the emotion, sitting with the anger, sitting with the trauma, knowing that it's real and doing things that bring you into higher states of joy into higher states of happiness, whether that's, you know, doing the healing work, doing a meditation, going for a walk in nature, taking a bath, doing something that nurtures and loves on you. That nurtures and loves on you. And so, you know, I'm really glad to see that, you know, all of this is starting to move and resonate and, and be really powerful for people because I feel that in my being. I feel that in my being because um, this is what we're all being called to do as a human collective. We're all being called to, to heal, acknowledge our generational trauma, acknowledge where we came from, and move forward with more grace, with more compassion as people, as a collective. And this brings me back to that we the people statement that we see our forefathers really speak to and preach to in our constitution. Like I said, we saw Thomas Jefferson, like, you know, writing out that constitution and his descendants were there, both sides of the Sally Hemings family. And, you know, we saw Harry Belafonte's daughter, Gina Belafonte was there, the artists, the artists that were acting in, in activism through their, their, through their art. And, and it really inspires us to think about what this catalytic moment can do for all of us 
where do where do we all sit in in this history, if you will, in this story on this planet? Where do we want to sit? Where are we being called to be? And this is a question that I want all of us to start exploring more, diving more deeply into, because this is how we 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 lift the consciousness of our of our planet, of our nation. Whether we're in business, if we're in government, we're in politics, we're working for nonprofits, we're working for ourselves, working in our families, we carry this energy all everywhere we go. We carry this energy everywhere we go. And I'm just so honored again to have had that experience in, in really being with these families, being in this space, celebrating these legacies, because it reminds me of the work that I'm doing now. It, it really informs the work that I'm doing now. Without them, I couldn't be, really. None of us could. Not in this free day and age. And I really feel like the channel here is kind of coming to a close. And I thank all of you who've been able to tune in. If this really starts to resonate with you, um, definitely drop me a comment. I want to know how you feel about this. Um, leave, you know, leave me a DM, send me a DM if it's something more personal or deeply affecting you around this. Um, of course, like the video, share it with friends, and you can follow me across all platforms at I am Aaron Patton. And, you know, I'm just feeling so, so grateful for this opportunity to share this recap um, and to really step into this new age, if you will, of leadership for all people where we can see where we've come from, acknowledge where we've come from, be healed from it so the triggers of the pain don't affect us in the work that we do and the conversations that we have and the relationships that are built so that we can move forward on a higher foundation with higher goals, higher visions in creating a world that we've never could imagine, that we've never seen before. And this week with the descendants, last week, th these two days really affirmed that for me. Affirmed that, that we as a collective are doing the work. We have done the work. We will continue to do the work because we have so far to go. We have light years to go in terms of how we can, and it can happen so quickly. That's the thing. That's how consciousness works. It can happen so quickly. It can happen so fast. You just have to decide. You just have to make the switch. You just have to make the choice. So thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for staying with me these big, this big, long, long 30 minutes <laughs> twice. And I look forward to seeing you all on our next Meta Business Millennial podcast next week. Um, in the meantime, stay bright, my friends. I love you all. Peace. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast? Well, I am honored, and I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing it with your friends, because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, head over to my website, AaronPatton.com 
to find all the show notes, links, and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.